You tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show. David Essel in the box with you every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Welcome aboard, gang, as we uh, broadcast live via Studio E in Los Angeles, California, XM Channel 168, streaming live around the world at talkdavid.com, 1-800-548-8255. 800-548-8255. Proud to be part of the Premier Radio family. Absolutely. And one of the messages I want to remind you throughout our shows is that at any time you can turn it around. This is positive talk radio. At any time you can turn it around. I don't care what the economy is doing. I don't care what the administration is doing. I don't care what your genetics say, what your genetics say, don't say. I don't care how long you've had an addiction. I don't, it, none of that matters, gang. What really matters is you make a decision to turn it all around right now. If you want to get in touch with us during the show, it's 1-800-548-8255. You can email us during the show at talkdavid.com. Just go to talkdavid.com, look for the Contact Us button, send us an email during the show. On Facebook, our David Essel page is filled but you can like us at David Essel Alive on Facebook. Twitter, David Essel. Follow us on Twitter at David Essel. There's so many different ways to stay in touch. During the week, you can use all the above, right? The only thing you can't use during the week is the 800 number. But during the week, the rest of the time, email us at the, at the website. Let us know via Twitter how you're doing. Let us know how Facebook you are. And we will look forward to staying in touch with you. My guest right now. George Norrie. Now, I had a chance to be with George several months ago on his show. And Will Wilkerson and George got together and figured out George's busy schedule to have him join us right now. As you know, he's the host of Coast to Coast AM. Heard in 564 cities in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, Guam, Mars, I'm sure he's on Mars. 33 years now, George has been involved with radio, and he is the voice talking about paranormal phenomena, time travel, alien abductions, and so much more. George, welcome to the show. David, do you know how much loyalty I have to you to come in on a Labor Day weekend (laughs) when producer Will came to me and he said, come on, you know, Dave did a great job on your show. It's time to reciprocate. And I said, (laughs) okay, Dave, no problem. Just set it up. When is it? He said, this Saturday. And I went, you've got to be kidding. You know, I'm on the air tomorrow night. I do the first Sunday of every month for Coast to Coast as well. So. This is going to turn into a 12-day week. But for you, David, anything, anything. George, it is so appreciated. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Hey, how did you get started in all this radio stuff? Oh, gosh. You know, when I was a little boy, 11 years old, I had an out-of-body experience. I had no idea what it was. We didn't have computers in those days. I was bouncing against the wall looking at my little body. So I, you know, I went to the library and I started gandering around and I, I stumbled into a section that had uh, strange supernatural books and I found one on astral projection and they had a picture on the cover of a body floating up on top of a real body. And I said, that's what happened to me. So I, I read the book 
and I couldn't put it down. And at that age, I decided that's what I want to do. I want to unravel these unusual stories, whatever they might be, not just paranormal mm-hmm. or supernatural. They could be conspiracies, alternative medicine. I want to unravel the unusual stories of life. And I said the only way to do that was to go into broadcasting. You know, I couldn't, George Norrie kid, couldn't pick up the phone and call some scientist and say, hey, can I ask you about the universe and about this <laughs> and about God? So I said the only way to do that was to go into broadcasting because if you were a reporter, well, they probably would talk to you. And that's how it all started for me. And when was it that you first got into, when you actually got into broadcasting? You're at 11, you have this experience. When did it turn into broadcasting? 19 years old. I was going to the University of Detroit. My late father wanted me to be a dentist, as most of my relatives were. And uh, so I said, okay, Dad, I'll try this for a while, with my love always being broadcasting. And I was in pre-dent for two years at the University of Detroit. And I said, you know, this is just not for me. Ironically, and you know the way things work with synchronicity, of which I believe no coincidences on this planet. Things happen for a reason. A friend of mine who was in the broadcast curriculum and working at a television station in Detroit, he lived in Cleveland, and he wanted to go home for Christmas. They wouldn't let him unless he found someone to replace him for two weeks. So he came up to me, and he said, George, they won't let me go to Cleveland for Christmas. You're here would you work for me for two weeks? And I said, sure, what is it? And he says, well, you, you know, you're a production assistant. You do everything at this television station in the news department. And so mm-hmm. I said, yeah, great. So that was my exposure back to broadcasting. I went there, did it for two weeks. He came back. They kept him, of course, but they wanted me to stay. And so they offered me this grand job of $2 an hour, which is a, <laughs> which is a buck twenty-five more than you pay Will, <laughs> and uh, and so I took it. And at, at the age of 19, that's what I did. I mean, I was a production assistant. At 21, I got a job as a radio reporter. Nice. Many of the guests, David, that I have on Coast to Coast today, I interviewed back in the early 70s on, mm. these, on these radio shows that I used to do. And and my career just exploded, primarily in traditional news. I became a producer, an executive producer, a news director. I was being touted by uh, NBC, the network, to either go to New York or Los Angeles and work for them. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I was a guy from the Midwest. I, I enjoyed that. I, that's what I wanted to do. And so I stayed locally. I, I ended up in St. Louis. And then in, uh, oh, I bought a production company and lost my shirt and uh, (laughs) dabbled in the restaurant business. Ate well, but lost my shirt. And so, you know, I I found myself uh, in my 40s out of the broadcasting business, wanting to go back in, and it was very, very difficult. I mean, at that point, you know, if you're out 5, 10, 15 years, it's very difficult for you to break back into that field. Sure, and, yeah. and and I was at home just kind of contemplating what I was going to do for my, my career. I had won three Emmy Awards, and, you know, I had a pretty stellar broadcast career, but mm-hmm. it, it was over. And I'm watching talk radio, a movie with Eric Bogosian, and it fascinated me, the way he would go on the air and take phone calls and things like that. And I said, you know, that's the one part of my career 
I have not done. And so I said, that's what I want to do. And ironically, uh, a group of people at a uh, radio station in St. Louis, KMOX, which is a CBS-owned giant station, most of them left to join another radio station in St. Louis. Individual individual had put together a group of investors, and they bought another radio station there, and he wanted to duplicate the sound of KMOX radio. So a lot of these mainstream folks left, leaving KMOX pretty empty, with uh, mm-hmm. with talent. And so I called them and they said, we can use you right now. You can do news, fill in talk, do all that. That was in 1996. Mm-hmm. In uh, Somewhere around that time, I'm going into the office because I had to be ready to go on the air about 4 in the morning. I'm going into the station and I'm just turning the old uh, channels on my car radio and I hear Art Bell for the very first time. And sure. I said... This guy's doing what I want to do. He's interviewing <laughs> these strange people and all these things. Wow. And, I, you know, I almost missed my air shift staying in my car <laughs> listening to Bell. Right. And funny and ironically, about a year later, the station that was carrying Coast to Coast in St. Louis hired me to do late night radio. Mm. They, they heard me on Camo X. This was the same station that raided the Camo X and took all the people. And the uh, general manager, Tim Dorsey, said, look, I want you to develop your own late-night talk show on our station. And he made me an offer, and uh, it wasn't wasn't a lot of money, but I wanted the exposure. And Mm -hmm. so I came in, and they had replaced Coast to Coast with me. They they dumped the show. And so my first night on the air, I'm getting hate calls from Coast to Coast listeners. Yes. What did you do? You you got rid of art. You ruined coast to coast. Now you're on the air locally. What are you doing? And, and But it took them a couple weeks, David, for them to start warming up to me. Uh, and so, you know, I'm on the air doing my show, bringing in guests and uh, fielding phone calls of which nobody would call. And mm-hmm. so I went to my producer, Howard Morton, at the time. He said, Howard, pull out the old song, Where Have All the Flowers Gone, from Peter, Paul, and Mary. And he mm-hmm. said, sure, why? What are you going to do? And I said, just get me the music. And those days, we didn't have high-speed computers. We're, we're still running CDs. Mm-hmm. And so I start playing the song. You know, where have all the flowers gone? That thing. Well, every time right. we got to the word flowers, I potted down the CD and screamed, phone calls. So it would go, <laughs> where have all the phone calls gone? Long, And I'd go back to the music. And I did that until one guy called, and he said, what will it take to get you to stop playing that song? And I, <laughs> and I said, don't hang up. Stay on the line with me. So caller number one became caller number two, number three, number four. And all of a sudden, I had a talk show with people calling me. And that started my career uh, in talk radio. And somewhere along the line, the network, Premier Radio, that was syndicating Coast to Coast AM, had heard me. And mm. Art was going through all kinds of problems. And he was retiring and coming back and retiring and coming back. And, and they wanted a little more stability. And they said, look, we'd like you to fill in. And I said, love to. Let's do it. So uh, I started doing Coast to Coast. My very first show was filling in for Ian Punnett, who does my weekends every once in a while. That was April twenty eighth, 2001. 
and it's it's been a a lifetime uh, marriage ever since. I, I, I'm having. It, a time we're talking with George Nori right now. Coast to Coast AM dot com. If you want more information, you already know the man. If you want more information on where you can find his show, just visit coasttocoastam.com. George, hang right there. We're going to go to an important break. We'll come back. More with George Norrie. And by the way, he's also the author of three books, the most recent one, Talking to the Dead. You're tuned in to America's Positive Radio Show, David Essel Alive. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, XM Satellite Radio 168, and streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com. Stay right there. You're tuned in right now and every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, David Essel Alive, America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Welcome aboard, gang. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. XM Satellite 168. Follow us on Facebook, David Essel Alive. Simply like the page. Twitter, David Essel. And you can contact us during the show via email or after the show. Just go to our website, look for the Contact Us button, and send us an email via that. My guest right now, George Norrie, a very famous, popular host of the show Coast to Coast AM, author of three books, his most recent, Talking to the Dead. George, um, if you can think of all the people that you've been inter- interviewing since you've had your own show, who is the one that pops into your head to say it was the most bizarre, it was the most inspirational, it was the most something. Can you think of of who that person might be and why? Oh, just David. There have been many. I'll I'll tell you that in a second. But I'm on the phone now, as you can yes. tell, because apparently uh, the rent hasn't been paid paid in the <laughs> studio, and the landlord came and took me out. So I'm on Vent- I'm on Ventura Boulevard now on my cell phone. And yeah. uh, hold on, there's a car going by. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. uh, here oh, I am. And I hear, I hear the shopping cart. There's someone going by you in a shopping cart. There's, Is that some, true? There's a, there's a little bag lady. Hold on, hold on. I've got to give her some sure. money. There you good, go. Good move. I just gave her a 20. Um, good ga- good I, karma. I'd, I'd like some change back, ma'am, from the 20, <laughs> if you would. You, she has no change, so I'm out 22. Of course not. This is turning out to be a wonderful weekend for me, David, but that's okay. But in, in terms of guests, I, you know what? I, I like them all because they all are different. I just had Bill, Bill Nye, the science guy, on, on last week. Mm-hmm. And, sure. I mean, he is into uh, evolution, hates creationism, and people have gone ballistic listening to him. Uh, I, I can't say it was a bad interview. It was a great interview. Uh, so I, I would simply say that Nearly every guest that we've had on, coast to coast, I like them all because they all bring something different to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Is there is there someone that you had on that surprised you? Like you thought, it, you know, like maybe they came in and, and 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 we don't have to say names if we don't want to, but maybe someone came in and they had a big name and and they just really didn't bring much to the table. Or was there someone who came in that you had never heard of, but the topic ended up like blowing your mind? Uh, I was a little disappointed, honestly, when I had Pamela Anderson, and we were uh, we were talking about PETA and and things like that, and. She uh, she kind of disappointed me, you know. I started uh, introducing her with her bio that my producers had supplied me, uh, because they basically said she really prefers to be introduced this way. And so I started reading the bio, and right in the middle of it, she stops me and goes, "Ha, a reader!" <laughs> and I went, "Whoa, hey, out of my studio, you!" And so, you know, so that was a little shocking. I, you know, we've had some, yeah. Billy Gibbons is a dear friend of ours from ZZ Top. Sure. Uh, wherever they go, he either podcasts us when he's in Europe with the band, mm-hmm. or you name it. Uh, you know, he he's a great fan. Mike Love calls us from the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've got a great group of people. Dan Aykroyd is just a tremendous fan of the show. A great yeah. group of people who listen to Coast to Coast on a regular basis. But we, I had a fellow on by the name of Benjamin Krem, who was the representative of someone called the Maitreya, that a lot of people say is the Antichrist. And I'm not kidding you, David. People were sending me emails. They were physically getting sick when he was on the air. And I was starting to feel queasy interviewing the guy. And I, I had to end the interview short and go on to another interview with someone because wow. people were passing out. And it, it was bizarre. Uh, he seemed like a nice old gentleman. Uh, yeah. But but deep down inside, maybe he was the representative of the Antichrist. So was was he in the studio with you or on the phone? No, he was on the phone. Through the phone, the phone lines, he was getting people. Yeah, and so, yeah, this is amazing. So you were picking up on this really heavy negative energy. Yes, there's no question about it. Beaming through the phone lines. Right. Getting everybody oh. ill. Yeah, well, you know, George, I mean, in, in, in the work that we do, you and I do some very similar work. I mean, it's all about self-improvement at some level, and I know you're a huge fan of that. And and we we can tell through, if it's callers or guests that are holding a really negative, heavy energy, we can tell right away if that person has that. And, and in my work as a master life coach, if I'm working with someone from around the world over the phone, I can feel that same thing you're talking about. But you know what? I've never had the experience of getting ill like that. It's a horrible feeling. It's, you're out of control. There's nothing you can do about it. And you need to run away from that negative energy as fast and as far as you can go. Yeah, and, absolutely. And that's what I felt about him. Wow. George, I'm going to ask you to hang there. We've got to go to another break. But when we come back, gang, I'm going to ask George. George knows a lot more about this than I do. I want to find out from him. Does he really believe in aliens? Does he believe, if he does believe in aliens, does he believe in alien abductions? Does he believe in past lives? Does he believe in reincarnation? This guy has been interviewing some of the most amazing experts in the world and all these things I just brought to your attention. We'll find out from George Norrie what he thinks about all of that. Coasttocoastam.com is the website. Coasttocoastam.com to find out where you can listen to George in your area. I'm David Essel. Be strong. Be bold. Stay there. I'm a waste through my hair. Think about it when you touch me there. Close my eyes. 
David Essel alive every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, XM Satellite Radio 168, streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com, 1-800-548-8255. My guest has been George Norrie. He's about out the door. Of course, you know, you know him as the host of Coast to Coast AM, coasttocoastam.com. But George, I had to ask you, do you believe in aliens and do you believe in alien abductions? I love that question, David, and my answer is... You'll never know. You'll never know. Because part of the mystery of Coast to Coast is what do you believe as a listener? Not me, you know, not me spouting my views on alien abductions or whether ETs exist or not. But Mm -hmm. to present a number of guests and possibilities to let your mind wander and let you decide. And Mm. I think that's what happens. I think when a host in this kind of format start spouting their belief systems, uh, it kind of kills the dream. And in my particular case, I'd love to go into it with an open mind, and I want to be convinced, just like everybody else, that these wonders are true. And so that, that answer is, I'm looking for those answers just like everybody else. And if you if you were to experience that, George, would you come on the air and then give your opinion? Well, it would not surprise me in this vast universe that we had extraterrestrial life out there. Uh, it would not surprise me at all. Uh, I think people would be uh, uh, obviously excited if I just reported on those facts and said, hey, a UFO has landed or this is going on or something like that. Um, but I probably still would never directly come out and say, hey, this is it. You know, you know, regardless of any of the subject matter that I handle on Coast to Coast, people see me as a facilitator. You know, they, they don't know if I don't believe the guest or if I do. And, mm-hmm. and again, it doesn't matter what I believe. It matters what they believe when we're done with that interview or when that show is over. The website to find out how to listen to Georgia's show in your area, coasttocoastam.com. George, of course, is also the author of three books, his most recent, Talking to the Dead. George, this has been awesome. I'm so glad you had some time, and I really appreciate that once they kicked you out and you are on Ventura with your cell phone, that you didn't drop the show. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. I would never do that to you, David, except the bus is coming, and I need to get on it right away. (laughs) Okay. Have a great night, George. See you. Bye-bye. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Well, I want to get George back. So, Will Wilkerson, just so you know, Will, I want to get George back because I have more questions about this different type of stuff that we need to have George answer on. And uh, and maybe this time we'll be able to keep him in the studio. Listen, the, the show is put together by so many phenomenal people every week. It is not David Essel's show by any means. Team David comes to the to the the, the last minute to rock and roll and to bring it all together. Nathan Staten, uh, the engineer, Will Wilkerson, I just mentioned, segment producer, April O'Leary, guest producer, Deborah Grobman, brand manager, Nancy Hill, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn posting, and as a matter of fact, oh my lord, we're losing part of Team David. 
Nancy is going away after today's show. She has been with us from the beginning. Nancy, we love you, honey. She has been with us from the beginning every 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. There's probably something else I can't remember. She's been taking care, and she's done a stellar stellar job. So we have a brand new woman coming in next week who I will uh, introduce to you with the show next week. But uh, but Nancy, you rock, babe. You've done such a great job. Your heart and soul has been in it. And I have felt that. Everyone has felt it. Thank you. We love you. And we will miss you here on the show. David Essel Alive can be heard around the world online, as you know. Online streaming powered by Error FM Live at errorfm.com. It takes a village to get my butt together <laughs> to create a show. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. We, uh, we had a question come in about um, a father whose daughter is struggling to get sober, 22-year-old daughter struggling to get sober, and he was talking about how he was proud of himself because he had cut back dramatically in the amount that he drank around her. And I thought it was a nice email. But ladies and gentlemen, in my humble opinion, that's not enough. Even though he did great to cut back the amount he's drinking when his daughter's around. But I want to now, you know, I've been in the world of addiction recovery for a long time. And family support and close friend support and relationship support is so crucial to the person who's trying to get sober. She's been trying to get sober multiple times. She's having a hard time doing it. And so what I would request and recommend for family members is to get sober with her. I mean that sincerely. If you have a great friend of yours who's trying to get sober, get sober with them. If you have a daughter, in this case, this gentleman, get sober with her. If you have a partner who's struggling, and let's say that you don't struggle as much, but you know they've been struggling, and you can just have a glass of wine or two glasses of wine or whatever, stop. Seriously, give it up. Give it up. It's the same with any addiction whatsoever. In the beginning, and maybe the person's come back five, six, seven times and trying to get clean, but they're not able to pull it off. We can help them immensely by by being sober, not just when they're around, but 24-7. George Norrie and I were just talking about this thing called energy. And he was mentioning that when he had a guest on, the guest energy was so negative, so deep, so dark that he was getting ill, the listeners getting ill. When you have a good friend, a partner, a son or a daughter that's trying to get clean, they can feel your energy even when you're not around. And when you clean up your life and you stop drinking entirely, stop smoking entirely, stop overeating entirely because they're struggling with that issue, it gives this them this amazing support 24-7. Before I go any further, let me, let me throw the number out. If you have a, a question about addiction and recovery, I don't care if it's about oxycotton, oxycodone, roxycodone, heroin, nicotine, alcohol, food, spending, sex. If you want to give us a call, maybe you have a friend of yours, a family member who's struggling, and you just need some thoughts, one 800 548 
Of course, we'll take any calls if you have if you're struggling in any area of life, financially, career, relationship. You can call right now as well. But I want to answer this question, and I just wanted to throw the number out. If you're ready, and you have a thought, you have a question, you want to share one eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. Now would be the time to call. Maybe you've been in this situation before. Maybe you had a son or daughter. I can tell you personally, my mom and dad rock. I swear, my mom and dad, they so rocked. Do you know when I got sober a number of years ago, my mom and dad, when I would visit their house and, and they, 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 they're in Florida half the year and in New York, in New York half the year, like, they, I don't know if they still do, but they would take all the alcohol and it was like not much, but they would take whatever alcohol is in the house. I think they hid it. <laughs> Even though I was so sure I wasn't going to drink because I was in an amazingly solid and still am recovery program. But they don't, they, they still don't drink around me, which they could. And I've told them and I've told my brother Terry, I said, you know, it's, it's fine with mom and dad drink around me. I'm cool. I'm fine with it, you know. But my mom and dad love me so much that they don't even drink around me anymore. And it's been years now. It's not like it's been six months ago, you know. But And I never asked them to stop drinking around me. I never even thought about it, quite frankly. But they just did it on their own, you know? And, and that's something I want to say. It's so important that the family and the good friends. Now, one of the challenges that happens in recovery from nicotine, alcohol, food, is usually the person who's trying to recover, their quote-unquote best friends are probably addicts, too, or alcoholics, too. There's a good chance, you know? Or they're smokers, too. Or they overspend as well. So if you're a good friend, if you're a lover, a partner, if you're a family member of someone who's trying to quit smoking, quit eating, quit drinking, and this this email from a, a dad whose daughter is struggling with staying sober, everyone stop that habit. Everyone stop your addictions. You will support your loved one in more ways than they could ever imagine. By making a choice. And you know what? It's good for you, too. I mean, hell, it's not this, like, selfless act, really. (laughs) You know? It seems like a selfless act, but you're really helping yourself as well. And maybe you need it as much as they do. Can I get an amen? Maybe, just maybe, this would benefit you as much as them. 1-800-548-8255. I am so damn happy that you've chosen to spend some of your Saturday listening to a program that just might have a thought or two to help you get to that next level in life, because that's all we're about. After these important messages, we will return, and we will be bringing you more information to help you get to where you really want to get in life. 1-800-548-8255. So cool to have you here. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. Your positive talk radio every Saturday. You're tuned in to David Essel Live, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California, celebrating 21 years in talk radio, 1-800-548-8255. Let's go to Kathy in Atlanta, Georgia. You're on with David Essel. Oh, hi. Um, I was, 
I have 20 years, uh, the September the 8th, of sobriety. Mm. And it took me 22 years to stop drinking by going to a 12-step step, step, step program. I never could uh, seem to stop drinking until I got very, very serious about it, even after three DUIs and falling down a flight of stairs, and I have one arm shorter than the other. Um, wow. Nothing, nothing stopped me from drinking. But the mm-hmm. day that I had been at work all day and couldn't stand up and had art, didn't, couldn't have, didn't have driving privileges right then because of the DUI I had. Mm-hmm. I went home and lay on my couch and... Um, I said that I can't, I can't keep going and having what we call slips when we do this drinking, when we've already committed not to drink. It's a very, very serious thing. You can't have, have measures won't do it. Um, right. If you're, if, you, if you're living with someone that drinks while you're trying to stay sober, you will not have much of a chance. It's just too hard to stop. But I decided that I couldn't. I never knew how long I'd stay sober, whether it be two weeks or months or what. And I made a commitment that night to stay sober, and I got a very good sponsor who was able to talk to me and help me. Um, and I went to these step meetings um, every night, 30 for a whole year. But um, I think this gentleman who's trying to um, drink a little bit around his daughter, I think he would be well to. They have something called Al-Anon for, for family members of alcoholics, if he would go to these meetings, I think it would help his daughter immensely. Yeah, Kathy, and what you're saying, well, first of all, congratulations on 20 years of sobriety. That rocks. Thank you. That is That rocks. That rocks. Um, I, I, I agree I with you. Uh, yeah, exactly. I I, uh, I agree with you. I I think that um that this the father um you know I, mean, I even went a step further, Kathy. I you know I've been in this work for a long time, and I think that family members and and if you call yourself a really good friend of someone who has a serious drinking problem and they're trying to to quit drinking. I even encourage family and friends to get sober with the person who has the serious problem. Yes, they and can. And if, if, if they're they, not a very heavy drinker, do not drink around the person. If you're living with the person, you really do need to get sober with the person. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you know what? And, and here's the thing, too. Even if, you know, and, and, and here's a sign. If someone says, well, you know what? I only have a glass of, of, of wine with dinner. And then I'll say to that person, cool. Then you won't miss it at all. Quit drinking. <laughs> I mean, it's not you, important to you. It's really right. strange. When I did quit drinking, I would go on a date and a man would be able to drink and they just didn't drink because they were out with me and they didn't want to drink. I mean, what, it wasn't any fun. They didn't care. People who don't care. I, the man, the father may have a, we don't know this. He could have a problem, a little problem, or the beginnings of one. You never know. I'm not trying to say he does. Sure. But in this case, it would be a good idea for him to get sober with her. That's a, that's oh. a very good idea, though. I do agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's the best way. It gives the daughter the best shot. And, uh, and, and like, you know, so many times, I mean, a lot of times people will say, well, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the one with the problem. And sometimes those of us saying, I don't have the problem, have the problem too. So it would, it would behoove everyone. Kathy, thank you so much for your call. It was great to have you part of the show. Okay. Keep up the good work. This is wonderful that you're talking about this. 
Thank you. Oh, you bet. You bet. Bye-bye. 1-800-548-8255. There is, um, there's a misconception, too, about statistically with the number of people in our country that are struggling with addictions. I just want to bring that off right off the top here. If you look at statistics that will say like 22% or 23% of people in the USA struggle with uh, a nicotine habit, it's much higher than that. By the way, it's much higher than 22 or 23%. Um, we know that most of these, if not all of the studies, are called self-reporting studies. And, of course, you know what that means. It means people having to be honest. And one of the biggest um, uh, 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 obstacles to recovery from nicotine addiction to cocaine to uh, prescription drug to food to spending to gambling, etc., one of the biggest obstacles is something that we know is called denial. And so if we're doing a, a part of a study, a self-reporting study that says, you know, do you smoke? And someone goes, well, you know, I don't really smoke that much. I'm just going to say no. Or I only smoke when I drink and I only drink on weekends. So no, I don't smoke. Or I only smoke when I'm anxious or blah, 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 right? The truth is we're underreporting. So the odds are probably that the, the people that smoke in the United States of America that have an, an absolute addiction of some type to nicotine is probably closer to 30, 35 percent, my guesstimation only. When we look at alcohol problems in America, it is extremely underreported. If you look at most of the studies that come out, it'll say something like 10% of the United States of America has an addiction to alcohol. It's much higher than 10%. Oh, my Lord. It is through the roof higher than 10%. And there's many different forms. As a matter of fact, the fastest form of alcoholism in the United States today is called binge drinking. Binge drinking for a woman is three drinks or more per sitting. Binge drinking for a man is four drinks or more per sitting. That means you go out on a Friday night, and if you have more than three drinks and you're a woman, that would be a binged alcohol drink. And you can be an alcoholic and drink once a month, gang. There's so much more that we'll share with you as our show goes on. We've been sharing this information for 21 years. It sometimes is a hard sell, right? Why? Because of denial. No one wants to admit. I didn't want to admit. Listen, I'm Mr. Positive, Mr. Inspirational, Mr. Fitness, Mr. Blah, blah, blah. I did not ever want to admit I was an alcoholic or a drug addict. Ever, ever, ever. And I am in recovery for both. I know how hard it is to be honest. I know how easy it is to go into denial. I'm with you. It's not easy. It's so worth it, though, to get the hell out of denial, into reality, to heal. Oh, my God. To not have to think, I need this tonight. Again, it's cool. Listen, if you're serious about making a major life change, we have a program I'd love to share with you. It's called the Master Mentor Program. It's 12 months long. If you want to become financially independent, if you want to finally lose the weight for good, if you want to create a deep, loving relationship, maybe release an addiction like we were talking about, or create a powerful spiritual path to find that inner peace that you so need, we only take 12 people a year. I work with you twice a week, one-on-one, for 12 straight months. It's a huge commitment on your part, and it's a huge commitment on my part. And that type of commitment, gang, at the end of a year is what will bring you an end result that will blow your mind. If you want more information on the Master Mentor Program, email me today at the website, talkdavid.com. Just look for the little Contact Us button and send me an email. We only accept 12 people a year. All year round, we only accept 12 people. But I will be working with you personally every week, twice a week by phone, 
for 12 straight months. Can you imagine what we can do together? The accountability factor is what creates such great success. That accountability factor is the thing we can't do by our own, by ourselves. But together with someone like myself that has been doing this work for a very long time, we can radically change your life in 12 months. The Master Mentor Program, go to talkdavid.com, find the Contact Us button, send me an email, I'll give you the information. And if you're ready, I'm ready to radically change your life. It will be a lot of fun. It's a lot of great work, and it's a lot of fun. Hey, until next week, until next Saturday, be bold, be strong, be positive. Walk into the unknown. Do what you don't think you can to create the life you want. I'll be right with you. Can't wait till next weekend. I'm David Essel. Till then.